What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. As always, A is for Alcoholic is brought to you by the Green Camel Press. Green Camel Press. Press. Did I say breasts? Breast? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's start it off spicy. Spicy breast. Um... I used to get the spicy chicken sandwiches from Wendy's. They were really good. You used to get a lot of bad shit. <laughs> yes. Do you remember the KFC bowl? You used yes. to call it the murder bowl. Uh-huh. Yo, can I get? Can I please have a murder bowl? <laughs> it had everything. It had like the layer. Do they still have those? Dude, I don't know, man. That shit is an affront, man. It's just like, it was good, but it was it was gravy and corn and mashed potatoes and cheese. Chopped up chicken. It was like the leftover chicken that they would leftover. A ch- little there. bit of green onion. I think sprinkle. I don't even think they had green onion. No, man. No. I don't, that wasn't onion. That was green. Green Camel Press don't serve that shit, though. <laughs> no. Green Camel Press is a... Um, we are a collective of artists who put together cool stuff. Uh, GreenCamelPress.com is our website. Uh, check out our Instagram at Green Camel Press. We're on Twitter at Green Camel, green camel Art. And, uh, yeah, so we do T-shirts. We do greeting cards. We do uh, digital doodles, which are live... Not live, but... Um, time-lapse drawings that are yeah. really cool um so all kinds of stuff so go check us out there um we also have two of our other podcasts in the network that i haven't yeah. come up with a name yet I don't, I don't necessarily want to call it the john staley network but you know nah i'll find some other name call it like yeah the, the murder ball the murder ball network <laughs> <laughs> but uh so the, there's the podcast that i do with my girlfriend called rashida and john where we talk about fitness and health and relationships and all those things that we often find difficult to talk about and we try to you know get on the mic and right and share our uh our struggles and you know our joys as much as as much as we want to as much as we can and and uh hopefully it helps somebody and you sing a song at the end together a duet we might be working i don't want to give it away but we did one for christmas if you go to my youtube oh yeah i've seen the christmas one <laughs> we did baby it's cold outside for christmas and that was right. hard you know talk about a challenge about working together and doing something with with uh with your significant other and it wasn't hard there were moments where there were challenges you know and it's hard right. in any relationship to put sing a christmas carol together yeah (laughs) Yeah, you know but um and just because i want because we because everybody wants to get it right everybody wants to do a good job so uh go check out rashida rashida and john and uh finally lastly but not leastly is the gluten is not your problem have you listened to any of those lately on your walks no (laughs) 
No, I haven't. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't listen to it. I mean, you, I listen you, to the first few and I laughed, and then after a while, I'm like, I know, I know Walter, these, and yeah. these are just the rantings of Walter. I know they're these great, guys. but I know him personally, so I'm like, this is I've just heard the this shit. was. The only difference now is I'm sober listening to the rantings of Walter. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's funny. You're like, yeah, I right. listened to the first few, and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I right, I'm like, I kind of know this story. This is like, <laughs> this is like fucking shit you find written on slips of paper in a guy's bunker, you know, like uh, on receipts. The madness, the the genius, the madness, the uh... right, exactly. But it's a great podcast. If you yeah. don't, I I don't think it's not great. I just I'm like I know Walter, no, and then I, I can't I can't argue with him. That's why I don't listen to it really because I really want to argue with him. Yes. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna write in an email. Should I um should I hit you up uh, next? I think we're supposed to record tomorrow night. I'll give I'll shoot you a text if you're. Around. Oh yeah, it'll just be yeah. You're like we brought out a surprise guest. It'll be like Maury Povich, and I'm just yeah. like everything you say is so fucking wild to me. But I love you with all my heart, but you um, don't know what is happening. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask him about the uh, about the raid on Area 51. Oh, does he know he's got intel? I don't know if he does or not, but I, I, I don't think we've talked about aliens with him. I'll have yeah, to ask him what he thinks. We'll see. I mean, he might just surprise me and be like, that shit's not real. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But he doesn't listen to this podcast either, so he won't. No, no, we're talking that we're talking. I'm just about him. talking shit about him <laughs> before his podcast. No, mm-hmm. his podcast, it's great. It's it is really funny. I I think so. I think we you know we have a good time and we try to. And he's got amazing stories. Like he's lived a uh, very unique life. I really think that right. It's well, and he point. makes you laugh, and that, I always think that's funny too. Because in this podcast, we get kind of serious. Well, we do what we do, but you yeah. there's like a different. It's like a different dynamic. kind of side to John, a dynamic, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, and I think, you know what else I like about uh, recording with him or just talking with him is, do you ever see that show, An Idiot Abroad, with uh, yes, with uh, Carl Ricky Pilkington? Gervais? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm Ricky Gervais, and he's my Carl Pilkington. Exactly. As a matter of fact, when I first saw that show, I was like, this is fucking British Walter. This is like... Just feeling uncomfortable and obnoxious and annoyed by yes. everything and yes and like common sense to a t like to a fault mm-hmm. like i have no use for these things and you're like really just pants or whatever jeans you <laughs> yeah, don't have no. use for jeans he's like why i don't work on a farm no, i got i got my cargo pants so that's all i need white that's socks. all i need white socks cargo <laughs> pants three pair of slacks <laughs> so yes that's um that's gluten is not your problem if you haven't listened right. to it um i i suggest you do yeah, um, check it out. And then lastly, I just want to say thank you to all of our patrons on Patreon. Yeah. It is a um it's a it's a great gesture and we really appreciate it and Absolutely. And thank everybody you. who writes in um it's always nice to hear from you folks. Man, that was great, man. That touched me. I, I really and I don't mean that in a smart ass way. Like I was really I was really affected by it. Like for a few days I was riding that high of like, wow, man, I'm making things i'm saying people are listening to and they're like open to them that's great you know well and yeah and i think that that you know we talked about sharing because i mean i guess we share every day yeah every week on the podcast it's kind of like sharing and it's hard to share about recovery and it's hard to share about sobriety and it's hard to not everybody well one not everybody wants to hear about it Right? No, it kind of freaks them out a little bit. With like straight people, if like not like normie, I don't know the term for it. Like non-alcoholics, mm-hmm. it kind of weirds them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
At least in my experience, personally, I I weird them out. Non-alcoholics, and then other people who they. I don't know if you ever get this, but they'll kind of commiserate with you in a way where they're like, yeah, I need to cut back a little bit myself. I know what you mean. I've been thinking about quitting drinking. I know because I used to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so, you know, it's really great. And thank you guys for sharing. And, and, um, and, uh, and one last thing before we get into the uh, proper meat of the show, if you are listening and if you like what we do, the best thing that you can do is to give us a good, rating and write a review on your apple Podcasts or google play or wherever you Mm -hmm. listen um that stuff really helps push the podcast out to more people yeah so if you enjoy it please share it rate and review um yeah so here we are the fourth letter of the alphabet d and um these nuts these nuts i don't know why i was having trouble finding something good or something that i wanted to talk about and we were yeah, we were spitballing back and forth, and and you know, because I want it to be something either not totally cliched or something stupid, and mm-hmm. the the word discovery came up, and I you know, so D is for discovery, which is which is a great Daft Punk album from two thousand and one. I don't know if you were into them. I didn't listen to that one. I mean, I I like some of their stuff, but and no. even more so in huh. two thousand and three, there was a cartoon, a full length cartoon that was that went. Uh, animated film that went along with the music and it told Mm -hmm. this whole story about this interplanetary rock band that came from another planet and so on and so forth and it's totally crazy um and it's great on its own but also um i remember one time a mutual friend of ours a younger younger hairier man that i used to work with loud and gruff Uh and i don't know when he and i used to work at the rendezvous together back in the day i don't want to but you know who i'm talking about right i think so yeah Big yeah. beard, young guy. Um, oh yeah, yes, yes. yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time getting hammered with him, and for some reason we were under the impression that there was like, was it salvia divinorum? Is that the stuff that like, it's like powdered DMT or something or some? Version well, yeah, salvia. Of it? Yeah, well, salvia is it's it. I don't know. It's a hallucinogen, super right. powerful hallucinogen. So yeah. you're supposed to. That's use, legal. That's legal, and you're supposed to yeah. buy it and like burn it in incense, right, and just kind of have right. it in the room. Yeah, they're like, don't smoke this. <laughs> so guess what we but did? Smoke it though. Yeah, <laughs> you, y'all smoke that shit. So we were. We were up in Ballard, which is like the north end of Seattle, and we knew mm-hmm. that there was a porno shop that was open in Pioneer Square, which is like six miles away, seven miles away. And so yeah. we're drunks. So we hop in a cab and we drive. We get take the cab down there. We buy the salvia. We drive back to or go back, cab it back to his place, and we pack the pipe full of that shit. And he puts that movie on, and it's like all mm-hmm. this like music and space aliens and all this shit, and like my, oh, wow. my arms turned into fish. And like it was fucking, uh, there were like red and green fairies all over the place. Like, I do not suggest this as a means of um, recovery. (laughs) (laughs) We're starting a recovery podcast with a salvia story, motherfuckers. (laughs) But this is discovery. This was the memory that the the word discovery had brought up to me was that we were fucking smoking salvia and i just and you discovered that salvia is a fucking nightmare dude (laughs) it was it was i yeah it was uh -uh. like one of those things where time slows down and you don't think you're gonna get out and then i realized only like three minutes had passed or something yeah it felt like you're like 30 hours forever Mm -hmm. so yeah discovery as in like what 
what have I discovered about myself? What have you discovered in sobriety right. that didn't that didn't exist in your drinking days? And right. And I'm glad that we we do this because I don't want to forget those things. And you know, one of the first things you said to me when I got sober was like, "Tattoo that last bender on your brain." You know, mm-hmm. do not forget it. And um, it's easy to kind of like when you're floating and feeling good and everything's going well and it's i'm not saying that you shouldn't enjoy that right i I want to enjoy those days but i also don't want to forget it to the point where i feel complacent or comfortable yeah because i've got this problem um but you know one of the things i have discovered um and just even in the last day or two is this like you talk about being an explorer you know jerry and i were talking about yeah on these runs or i just go for a hike or whatever dude you went you were just saying before the podcast you went on a 5 a.m run through downtown sacramento was it downtown yeah that's some that's some definite like (laughs) that's like dirty harry looking for a victim like you're just running with a gun like just waiting for someone to rob you so you can shoot them in the face like go ahead go go ahead ahead. yeah i'm a 41 year old man pick it up pick it up yeah um but yeah, that sort of thing that my feeling of of wanting to be an explorer is really exciting to me. If not just yes. when I was drinking, all I wanted to do was get into my house as soon as I could. The mm. only thing I wanted to explore was the bottom of a bottle of cheap vodka. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and even then that was I knew where that was going to take me. Right. So there's no new fucking yeah, no new uh, landmarks to discover there. Yeah. No. Um what would you uh like, what's one of the, the first things that you discover, like, in early, early sobriety that you, you said that was, like, a big eye-opener for you or a big, um, like, wow, I had no idea. I was completely blind to this. Yeah. I didn't realize how hard it would be at the beginning. Okay. Like, I really didn't. And then I discovered about myself that I could get through the hard parts without getting fucked up. And I was like, Wow wow, I have a lot more resilience than I thought, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, super hated myself, and I'm like, man, I can't do anything without getting fucked up and getting drunk, because that's all I can... That's my only option. That's my only coping mechanism. But then I had learned that I had been through all this other shit before, so, man, why couldn't I just get through this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I did, I did. And that's what... In early recovery, that's what I discovered about myself, is that I had a resiliency that I never knew I had, you know? They always say it's really hard to kill a person. to like physically kill a person with your bare hands it's like super hard right Mm -hmm. so the human body has like i don't know where i'm going with this but it's it's immediately just thought of how the human body is pretty resilient like we adapt like physically we adapt to our surroundings for the most part you know we adapt to like outside influence kind of hitting us we kind of move and our, our internal organs do things and shit and i think even mentally even through like hard trauma, we adapt. Some of us compartmentalize. Some of us really bury it hard, and it comes through with PTSD and shit, you know. And I just never thought about that when I was drinking. All I wanted to do was just put a blanket over all the stuff that was bothering me, and all the stuff that was too hard, and all the things that hurt, everything that like really tore my heart out when I was younger, and just all that shit, you know. I just wanted to put a blanket over it and not have to look at it, and then just that was my whiskey blanket. I just put it over there and be like, "You're safe now, Jerry." You know, and as soon as I got sober, man, I like I didn't have that anymore. So when things came up that frustrated me or upset me or outside influences, 
my family's being shitty, my job fucking sucks, like, I'm not making any money, everybody in the world can go eat a fucking dick, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had to work through those things without getting loaded, without finding a reason to be like, oh, well, this is a great reason to go off on a bender. This is the perfect reason, you know? And there were times, too, where I'd look at my wife and be like, man, you know what I want right now? I want a fucking drink, you know? And she'd be like, why well, are you going to drink? And I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, I'll put one. out. Like, no, I'm not going to fucking drink, but I really want to, but I'm not going to. And then I'd wake up the next day, and the problem may still be there, but it's not. It's bur- it's, it doesn't sear as hard. It doesn't burn as much. Mm-hmm. So I think those early discoveries. As I get older, I get newer ones, you know. I, older in my lifespan, yeah, I get I learn other things. But, you know, I, I still feel like I'm in pretty early recovery compared to some people. And to some people, they're like, that guy's a pro. And I'm like, I ain't shit, you know. like, But... Yeah, I think in the beginning it was resiliency. I like know. that. I've definitely leveled up and learned. You know, you talk about being. Um, we adapt really well. We, you know, yeah. if you, if whether you, you know, you lose a limb or you, uh, it's cold outside and now you have to sleep outside. Or we talk right. about the levels of of manageability and alcoholism. You know, whether your body gets used to the poison and then the poison's no longer poison, it's actually medicine and, and now my body right. needs it. I have to have it or right. I will die. But also mm-hmm. we go, well, my wife left me, so I'll be fine with that. And then um, I lost my car because I got a DUI, but I'll just ride my bike around. And then, you know, I lose my house because I can't pay the mortgage and now I sleep on the street, but that's fine because I can still That's drink. manageable. That's manageable. I can still drink. Throw and the so, blanket. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so we keep throwing the whiskey blanket on it. Mm-hmm. And it just little by little, we start to feel it. And so I know for me, it's been this very incremental steps in yeah. all of mm-hmm. my recovery. I was, and maybe still am, you know, there was a certain level of, of envy when I would see other people who had these epiphanies and they flipped their life around right away. And then everything that was bad was good. And they were just so happy to be alive. And they would talk about how this, they came crashing down and they came up from the ashes and, and everything was beautiful and wonderful. And I'm so glad to be here. And Oh my God. And, and I was like, why does this have to suck for me for so like so long? And why does it have to be like so shitty today? And it's just a little bit less shitty and, and um, but it's been incremental, and I, I again I have to remind myself that it's getting better every day. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if it's been four years, like what is another four years gonna feel like? Well, if I keep this up, even just just scratching the surface, like what's gonna be underneath there? So right, right. That's something that I that makes me. I try to remind myself of that so that I I won't I won't give up. Yeah. You know, that I won't. Well, yeah. And if you, I mean, if we're going to do the compare and contrast thing, because, you know, we do that a lot in recovery, (laughs) I think, you know, it's like, it's humans. Absolutely. Yeah. And definitely, at least in my recovery comp, at least in my recovery experience, it's a lot of compare and contrast where I I go, like, just what you said about what, how does it, what happens in four years where when I was like drinking, I was like, well, four years, I'll either be dead or still drinking. You know what I mean? Or I'll be even drunker or it won't be options. good. What's going to happen in four years won't be good. It mm-hmm. w- I'm not going to, it's not going to be positive, but that's all right. Cause I'll just drink on it. But now, like you said, I'm like, wow, this is, I'm already 
learning new things and discovering things and opening up myself emotionally to things and like what what do I get in four years if I continue with this like this self this program that I'm working mm-hmm. you know like this kind of way of 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 recovery and sobriety like do I get something good do I get to do good things or am I gonna have the strength to be able to deal with a hardship that'll happen in the next four years do you know what I mean like Mm-hmm. because that's it too i mean we were talking earlier before we recorded and you were talking about how your girlfriend's like sometimes you got to live life on life's terms and we i think we all forget that you know like there's no manipulating anything there's no healthy way to manipulate life to work for you you know i don't think so because yeah. you're just manipulating <clears throat> something and it's not real you're just bending it to fit the way it needs to fit and eventually it pops right out again and you're like damn mm-hmm. wow i really shit the bed on all that stuff you know to yeah. just to flow with it, right? Like a leaf on a stream, dude. Some ants riding on it. You know, one of the ants is Woody Allen or something. <laughs> Be like you know? water. Um, Be like water. Yeah. Yeah. And she said that to me. And I think this, that was the one where she said, she said, this is the thing that you taught me, John. Like, there's just this moment, right. you know? And I was like, <laughs> you're God like, damn it. God <laughs> damn it, Rashida. Don't you use my secret language with me. I know this shit easy does it. One day at but, a time. But also there was something, I think it was on Facebook. I think it was a Mishka Shubali and he's been in, um, and if you guys don't know who Mishka Shubali is, you should really pick up his book. Uh, I swear I'll make it up to you. Yeah, it's a good book. It's been one of the most, probably the most influential novel about recovery, sobriety, or just being a better human being that I've read in the, in the past, I don't know, five years. Yeah. Um, but he was saying there was something he was asking a question on Facebook because he's been writing and he's, he's apparently something about sobriety. And he said something. What's something that you learned now that you didn't know while you were drinking or there was something to that effect? And ooh, that's a great question. And so the thing that I mostly if I don't think about the the precipice of me quitting, but if I think about me like deep into it, not worrying not thinking about a way out, not worrying about a way out, just being miserable and drunk and having these highs and these crashing lows and all this stuff is that I was totally ignorant that there was even a way to fix myself, that there was even a way out, like the idea Mm -hmm. of a way out. I mean, I knew about AA. I went to that one meeting drunk out of my fucking mind at eight o'clock in the morning. And, you know, you can hear that story on one of the other podcasts, but... Um, it was just that I was completely ignorant and like, I look back at that person. I look back at that, that version of me and it's, I want to be like, Hey man, like it's okay. It's all right. There is, there is a way that you don't have to feel that way anymore. Now, I don't know if I would have listened to myself, but that's, that was something (laughs) that now I'm like, Oh, so, so if I was ignorant about that, what am I ignorant about now? And there's no reason to beat myself up over the fact of some shit I may not even get to know until another year from now. And then go, yeah. oh, you dingus. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so yeah. we, we yeah. talk a lot about, like, trusting the process. And, and that's a really hard thing to, to hear when you're in the midst of feeling frustrated, angry, irritable, and discontent. You're like, well, like, yeah, oh, man, just trust the process, bro. It's gonna nah, be yeah, right. exactly. You're like, this process is fucking horse eggs. This thing's fucking is awful. Fuck horse you. eggs? Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, I don't Did know. Just I just made it up, up right now. Yeah, that's horse good. eggs. You know, this shit is that's, that's too big old. That's a t-shirt idea. <laughs> it's just, uh, this process is horse eggs. <laughs> 
it's fucking it's so hard though when you're mm-hmm. in it like i i'm still in it we're still in it but the early 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 shit is really hard it's mm-hmm. really hard it takes a lot of fucking balls i don't know if i say that enough in this podcast but it just and if you're a woman it takes a lot of fucking uterus it takes a lot of you know fallopians mm-hmm. i don't know man i Overs. didn't know my I don't know my body geography, biology, body geography. It's called anatomy, but yes. Bo- anatomy, yeah. Bi- I went to public body school. Body geography Southern of horse eggs. Body geography of horse <laughs> eggs, of ladies. It just takes a lot of inner fortitude to like get through that early shit and mm-hmm. to get your step steady and to kind of start walking in the pattern of life. And you don't have to do what everybody else around you is doing. But if you see someone around you doing something and they're like actually starting to like themselves and realize they're capable of being loved and giving love you're like well damn maybe i should kind of do what that person's doing a little bit but i don't know man that early shit's hard it's still hard man i had a fucking total i'm pointing outside like everybody can see i had a total nervous breakdown over my pool right i bought this 10 Mm -hmm. foot inflatable ring pool for olive and it sprung a leak right on the seam and it's like one of those leaks that you can't really fix because it's not a pinhole it's like on the glue on the seam itself came loose right so and it was slimy on the bottom because I haven't been maintaining it not well as well as I can. So I I emptied the whole thing out and cleaned it and like uh I just put duct tape on the seam. I thought that would hold the water back mm-hmm. and it didn't. So I filled it up and the water is leaking out. So I went to uh, the True Value down the block from my house. And I realized that the dudes at the True Value are kind of fucking dicks. Like I don't like them. They're kind of mm-hmm. rude. Yeah, they're like over my shit because I'm just some dope with tattoos who needs silicone glue for a pool. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know, buddy. Here, take this, chief. He kept calling me chief. Like every time I come in here, you guys are kind of dicks. So I bring it home and I glue up the seam on the pool and immediately just boop, just pop, pops that fucking leak. I put a patch, glue that, pops a leak. I bring my wife out and I while I'm talking to her, I realize that the inflatable ring has a hole in it now too, I guess, from me cleaning uh... it. So the ring's like flat. So I'm like, can we just throw this away? Can I just empty this out and throw it? Because I'm just going to sit here and stare at it and obsess over it. And she's like, nah, Jerry, let Olive swim in it a couple more times. And my kid swam in it like three times. You know, she's nine. She's like, yeah, I want a pool. And then she's like, this water's too cold, you know? <laughs> yeah, she's not. Yeah, and I'm like, god damn, you know? And she's not going to swim in this again. And so I'm sitting there, I'm just like defeated by the world. I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm going to avoid the argument with Megan. I don't want to be a fucking dick and throw it away. She might want to swim in it. But I'm just so bummed out because there's a problem out there that I cannot solve. Like, I just have no capability to solve it. I just got to let it do what it does, you know? But for, like, about 20 minutes, I was just, like, so defeated, man. I was, like, a hangdog motherfucker. I was just walking around this house just shuffling around, bummed out. And now, look at the pool. It's still leaking, and I'm, like, there's nothing I can do about that right now. So let it fucking leak, you know? Whatever. I'll still pour bleach in it tomorrow. <laughs> it's still, you know, it, like, it fills up for a while. Right? It stay, it'll stay full for weeks. It's a slow leak, but it's enough of a leak that I notice it. It's a, mm. It is a problem that needs to be attended to, and within the alcoholic part of my mind that needs to control, manipulate everything around him, it is a big, glaring fucking red check mark. It's a big problem that needs to be attended to. And then when I change perspective and zoom out, it's a fucking pool with a tiny hole in it, and I bought it for 50 bucks at Walmart. Yeah, 50 bucks is a lot of money, but it's at, in the grand scheme of things, I'm like, Dude, Olive will get in it two more times and she'll be like, it's super cold. And then I'll be able to just throw the damn thing away. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's it's out of my hands. Like, this is that one thing I can't deal with, you know. There's the discovery. Surrender. Sometimes I just gotta, yeah, surrender. Acceptance, right? Acceptance. That's that big buzzword, man. How do you, how do you define surrender? 
Like that just fucking throwing my hands up in the air, throwing a big fit and mm-hmm. realizing I'm dumb about it later. Like being like, that wasn't worth the fit at all. But in all honesty, how I, how I, you're asking me how I would define surrender. Well, yeah. So like when we talk about letting it go and having, so we spend all this right. time uh, trying to control and squeeze and manipulate and choke the shit out of life to get what we want from it. Right. And so the idea of recovery and sobriety at some, our idea at least is mm-hmm. to just let go and let, if life is going to run away exactly. from us. Mm-hmm. So actually visualize it in my head. I visualize my hands. I think I've said this before. I visualize my hands, just, just opening my fingers mm-hmm. and just letting it drop where it needs to drop. Cause that's where it needs to be right now. You know, that's where it needs to be right now. You know, I think about it like even in my personal life, if I'm fighting with a family member or somebody's being awful that I'm close to, I want my natural reaction is to fight it, right? Is to like kick and claw at it and try to push it into the box where it needs to go. And I have to like really, I have to walk away from it. I really mm-hmm. do. It's all, you know what? This is, I'm going to, I'll go off in this little tangent mm-hmm. here. But, but I was talking to a friend of mine who was visiting who's a really talented journalist and a writer, and he's been working on a fictional story about a detective, right? And I was, and I, we talked about how I wrote for a long time. And I told him, I've always been envious of you guys who can write actual stories because I write poems and I cannot follow that story arc. I can only work in a short, condensed, poetic way. And he was telling me, you know, I've always been jealous of guys like you can write poems because I've never been good with prose. He said, but if you ever have a hard time with it, what I do is I do it just like the way you paint. Like it doesn't, you don't paint everything in an hour. Like it takes you months. You just keep going back and refining it. And I really feel like life is like that, right? You don't just don't live your life in one day. Like you have to walk away from things and then come back and refine it later so it comes out better in the end, you know? And that, I think that's a lot of my problems. Unless they're like the house is on fire or something. Well, but then, if then it's, yeah. <laughs> if, that's, if that's the case. F- finish fucking... that fucking painting, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like these big things that I cannot tackle, my letting go is to be like, you know what? Maybe later on I'll have a better idea and I'll, I can refine <clears> this because this isn't necessary right now. Or and if there are other things like I'm down to collaborate, that's why I, I'm so stoked I have my wife because I'm like, we can't pay this bill. What do we do? You know, or we can't take care of this, you know, and, and that once again, that's reaching out to someone else. So even if you don't have a spouse or a significant other, or, you know, you there, there's got to be someone out there you can reach out to and be like, I don't know what to do. I need help. You know, family, friends. So collaboration yeah. and refinement, dude, refining, that's you know, great. going back. It's, it's like a work in progress. And I know I sound like one of those fucking what did he, what did he call them those uh knitted fucking i can't remember the term the used, uh the it's the banal cross stitch sayings <laughs> yeah yeah they're true though right mm-hmm. sometimes they are it's like that refinement that one day at a time take it easy you mm-hmm. know take it hey take it easy you know um i love this idea that life is like painting you know so, so yeah. the one day you got to go out there and you got to stretch the canvas Right. Mm-hmm. You got to you right. got to do that. And then maybe you've got an idea, but you got to kind of go around and whether you Google some images or research something about the whatever you're painting. And right. And you get all that stuff in your head. And then you're like, well, now I got to get put a pencil on the canvas because I don't just right. and grab a paintbrush. So like you go weeks, maybe months into painting a painting before you even touch the paint. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um, you can, yeah, yeah. At least hours for me. You know, I'll, I'll prep a canvas. It'll take twelve hours, fourteen hours, just to get the canvas ready. Just mm-hmm. to get the canvas ready, just to sketch the design on, because you have to 
Well, I guess you do take weeks and months because you have to sit there and conceptualize what it is that lives in your brain that you want to express, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's life is like that. It's all prepping. Recovery is like that. Yeah. You, just, you, pr you prep and then you paint. The only thing about recovery is you just don't stop painting. You paint new new paintings and, and it's... Paint, Oh right it's, Oh lots of different processes Yeah that's even better than my analogy Let's just dot my analogy and work with yours Because I was thinking of it as one, one big arc, painting. But but that's... I like yours because every time you finish With something you pick something else up And learn a new lesson And mm -hmm. learn how to yeah, bam, dude. See, we're, we don't even smoke pot and we're having these deep-ass conversations. <laughs> well, There's unless, no salvia involved in this no, at all. None, none, none whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Unless you're like one of those street painters that does like fucking Cosmos paintings with his thumb. Nah, I don't like, know how I feel about those guys. I hate those guys. You don't like those guys? I don't hate them. I, I Hate's a strong word. I don't want to be But the painter in you is... It's like, come on now. Come on now. He's using like a McDonald's cup to like make the moon right. and like spray it's paint. Oh, Quasar. There was one in Tucson who had a booth that said stop graffiti and he did it all with spray oh. paint. He's like stamp out graffiti and I was I was a graffiti writer and I always walked by my friends and I'd always say shit. I'd say shit to him and be like, Fuck you, dog. <laughs> it's like little seventeen year old me trying to be tough. Fuck you, eh? And this he, guy's just trying just, to make a living on the street. He's just trying to make fucking get diaper money for his kids. It sounds like a resentment, Jerry. I, I got I to ninth step that dude from the 4th Ave Street Fair in Tucson, Arizona in 1992. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. Sorry about that, Brian. <laughs> you just try to make feed, feed your kids. But I love that idea that we sit in because I do it all the time where I get overwhelmed. And, you know, my big thing right now has been money and work and trying right. to find work that that I love. And then right. getting used to the fact that I have to work some jobs that I don't love and all this stuff, yep. and I'm just like, you know, I, I, that I'm no, I'm not, I'm not special, and I'm gonna have to do this one way or another until something else comes up, and then I work on this, and then I do this, and then whatever it is. But I get overwhelmed, right. and I get stressed out, and then I'm like, and then I, you know, my girlfriend was like, so John, I want, can I ask you, who do you owe money to today? Did you pay your rent? And I'm like, yeah, and she's like. Did you pay all your bills? Yeah. Is there anybody blowing up your phone? I was like, no. Is there somebody banging on the door right now? Like, no. Okay. <laughs> like, she was totally throwing it back in my face. Right. Like, stuff that I would say to somebody else, you know? And, right. And I was exactly. Like, yeah. And I was like, not throwing it in my face in a bad way, but, you know, we were talking about it. And um, she was just turning the mirror on you, mm -hmm. going, look, dude. You're like, thanks a lot, Rashida. <laughs> and I was like, appreciate you using my own words on me, <laughs> yeah. Rashida. Thank you. And so it was like, oh, okay, you're right. You're absolutely right. And yeah, you know, there, there I was with everything that I was worrying about and everything that I was having all this anxiety about today, and and I had to think like, okay, do you have do you have money in your wallet? Yeah. Okay. Well, then, is there food? It's like, yeah, I just I, I had dinner. Okay. Well, then what exactly are you worrying about again, John? Like right. Mm -hmm. maybe you should go put that energy and effort into something else. And if you're really frustrated about, you know, this, this new job that you're I'm starting, you know, like, or whatever it is, then figure it out because that's part of, for me, that discovery of being able to figure things out. Like, what does it take to make this work? Everything that I have done up to this point, every creative endeavor, including this podcast with you, um, yeah. would not have been possible. We say this all the time when we were drinking. This would have been yeah. another barstool dream 
where we would yes. have spent the money on whiskey and ginger ale and never completed a goddamn thing. So, right. Um, that's something that I have discovered is just that like I am I am able to figure this out and I am capable and you know doggone it people like me but well not only that but you're ambitious too which i never would have described <laughs> you as ambitious when we were drinking no. i would have been like yeah john's not necessarily ambitious he's really great at imposing his will over us you know but <laughs> that's not the i same guess thing. that's his ambition is making us all get in a cab and go somewhere we can't afford but you know but like, i would sometimes i I thought I was a fancy bartender for a very long time. and uh, Well, you were fancy. I, I mean, was fancy, you... but, I mean, I, I took it to the nth degree, and so I would drag all my friends to some swanky cocktail bar where I'd try to get Jerry to drink really expensive booze that he didn't You'd be like, this have. has, not only does it have the famous gin in it, but we took a moth and dusted his wing dust yeah, on the top nice. of the gin, and it's got two cicada wings in it, and, <clears> like, a cinnamon stick from Spain, and I'm like, I just want fucking Evan Williams. Mm-hmm. I'll take your eighty dollars shot of Armagnac or whatever, because I thought it was like a blowjob shot. I right. thought it would have whipped cream or mm-hmm. something, and I'm like, mm, something sweet, like a, like a fucking, you know, like a fourteen year old drinks. And, yeah, and if I can make maybe like some correlation to that is like you talk about, you know, you said I was, you're like, man, you're an explorer, and I was like. Maybe there was a little grain of that explorer in there. I think so. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, because just the other day, I I agreed. I had a friend of mine who was in from out of town as well, my friend Ryan. Yeah. And he, um, he has been, um, he wanted to talk to me about getting sober. And he was asking me some questions about it. And he was talking about, mm-hmm. you know, concerns that he had had. And this is a guy who has traveled the world with rock stars and... All kind, I mean, he has partied in the the highest end. I, I I really trying to get him to share some of those stories, but I, I think that he's right. he still has some uh, NDAs that he can't break. I'm not sure. Right, but. he can't be like, "Yo, I ate a bunch of ecstasy with Kanye and fucking <laughs> right, yeah, with Kanye and Elizabeth Warren, dude. We had a fucking three way." Exactly, but he's like, "Hey, you want to go sailing?" And I was like, "Sailing, sure." fuck it let's go like this is awesome and so there i find myself you know out there on this boat sailing with this very small crew and we're just going across the san francisco bay but um yeah it was awesome so we sit and he and i went off to angel island and we had this we just we took took a walk and had a long talk and so this idea of of discovering like oh wow i want to go sailing again i had no idea i really enjoyed this how do you feel about boats do you get on boats i like boats yeah i've spent my honeymoon on a yacht oh nice yeah and it was the best sleep i'd ever had in my life my the best that i can recall was on a yacht because the boat rocks when you're docked right and so Mm -hmm. to me it was like really it was like having my mama hold me (laughs) you know and just rock me to sleep except i was sleeping next to my wife which is i don't know there's something to be said about that there's probably a psychiatrist out there listening right now being like yep Mm -hmm. yep that's it right there. You got that fucking Oedipus complex. Oedipus. Gross so, motherfucker. <laughs> I think that that's part of it too, that I, I just go, like, these are new experiences I never would have thought. One, I never would have had. Or you yes would have to. had them. Or if you would have had them, you wouldn't have remembered them. They would have had the same value. You know what I As mean? sitting on a bar stool. Yeah. Or even, I mean, you would absolutely, I think, would get drunk and get on a boat. You just wouldn't remember it. Or you'd mm-hmm. almost fall in the water. Or you'd do something super ridiculous and embarrass yourself yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. rather than have this like genuine 
uh, connection with people that I just met and, and, you know, and just have a great time and not have to worry about whether or not I had too much to drink or if I brought enough. That, right. That business, mm-hmm. that whole idea of like, oh, I don't know, man. We, I don't we can't, know. We can't yeah. leave shore until we've got enough booze. So. We need our provisions, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, definitely. And just what a fucking drag, you know. Yeah. What so a drag. It was, it was a really awesome day that I and I was like, huh, I want to I want to do this again. Like, what does it take to learn how to sail a boat? Could I sail? Maybe that's your new your new pursuit. You're gonna stop running and start sailing, or maybe you can sail to an island and run around the island and then sail back. (laughs) Right? I don't know. Yeah, mix the two, Mm -hmm. right? Like nautical nautical jogging. Nautical jogging. Yeah. If anybody knows of anything like this, let us know. I'd be curious. Right? You're like we're sailing out to the tennis islands and we're gonna run them. (laughs) (laughs) Who's with me? Let's go. Who's with me? You know, and then all of a sudden you're writing a book. You know, Mm -hmm. so. These things are exciting to me now, and they never would have been. They never would have been anything, you know. And this guy that I, that my friend Ryan, and I remember being backstage, and there were some very, very big names at this at this concert. Um, I mean, there was, I don't want to go into it because I don't. Want, no, and then what did you do though when you were backstage? So, uh, well, one, while the band was yeah. on stage, I drank all their booze. Well, I didn't drink yeah. all of it, but I, we just, I didn't, I wasn't there to see the band. I was there no. to be backstage. I was there yes. to drink booze backstage. I was there for some, you know, wannabe clout or status to drink right. Jack Daniels and Heineken in a dirty fucking green room. And steal um, their ham. You and st- stole their ham. Did I steal ham? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. you told me, <laughs> dude, I stole a bunch of their ham and like put it in my pockets and ate it <laughs> like, gross. later. Gross. Yeah, that's what you told me you did. I, I might have been one of my stories I'm projecting on the Orso because um, I was a I put a chicken finger in my pocket stealer. too of a leather jacket I had one time and I think I ate nice. it the next day. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, and I remember <laughs> this. Is, I did. I did. I put it. I had it in this old jacket that my dad gave me from the 70s. And I have it was like chicken fingers from Caro's or something like that, like Sherry's, you know? Yeah, like, oh, the yeah. sampler platter. Just you're like oh. <laughs> just take it out like a cigar. And I ash did, it like yeah. A cigarette. <laughs> nice to meet you, ladies. Did you like a chicken <laughs> finger? <laughs> but uh, but I remember Ryan. This is like 2004, maybe, and he mm-hmm. he was going to introduce me, and I was talking about being in radio, and he was. He was he was working with these other people and he was working with the band and working with like the local radio station or whatever and he's like John, I would love to introduce you, but you're just too drunk. And Damn. you know that thing bum, that's bum, stuck bum. In, that's stuck yeah. in my head all these years. And I told him last uh, last weekend we were talking, and uh, he's like, Yeah, you know, I don't know if that was just you or me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't take any offense. You were absolutely right to say that. Um, because I probably was, and if you say if you thought I was, then I, I certainly was. So yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you were. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of like hanging on someone's coattails and just being some sort of thinking I was some drunken buffoon that could get away with being funny or clever, it yeah. was kind of thrown in my face that that was not the case at all. And now these same people are proud to invite me onto a boat with people they just met, and you know what I mean. Like that yeah. feels a lot better. Yeah, they don't feel they they don't feel trapped with you. They feel like they want your presence. You know what I'm saying? You're, I, I I'll help them enhance. Done. Is everything alright with the headphones? Dude, it's because I'm wearing my glasses and oh. they're like mashing the arms of the glasses into my skull. 
I'm sorry. So I'm like, and then I take the glasses off, and my weak eye muscles are like, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. So, and it's not a big deal. I just found the sweet spot right here. Actually, we're good. Um. Yeah, I. Sorry, I derailed your shit. That's okay. That's should okay. I should I go make the dog yes, part too? No. We'll just add that in there too. <laughs> no, man. Just that just that idea of mm-hmm. of discovering something new uh, I, that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Because I was, yeah. I've done all the drinking that I think that I will. I, I say I think because I don't want to, you know, say forever well, for sure. But I don't think there's any more drinking or drugs to be done for me. No, yeah, I don't think so either. I take those things. I I remember the, all the. I remember some of the embarrassing things and the real cringy things I did and the mm-hmm. embarrassing things I said and the opportunities I fucked up. Like I remember them, and I keep remembering them. Like, that's that whole tattooing that last drunk on your brain. Like, that is what I'm capable of and so much more. You know, so I have to hold on to that shit. Like, I can't forget it. Because if I forget it, then I'm like, it become the lie becomes true again. All the glamour. All the glamour folds me into it. So I have to be like, yeah, remember that time you fucking said all that awful shit? Or you fell asleep out there? Or you, like, fucking... You know what I mean? Hit on someone's wife in front of them and almost mm-hmm. fought them. Like you need to remember that shit, dude, because that's what you do. That's all you do. There's it's not going to be different next time. You'll no. find a meaner way to do it, and then nobody will want to hang out with you anymore. And then you'll have to just be alone again. Damn, dude. Like I don't want that shit. Mm-mm. You know. So this is, that's that's also another form of discovery for me. Is I've discovered that <laughs> <laughs> the bad shit could be good for me. The remembering the bad shit could be good for me. It's important. Yeah. I I was watching this. Um, I think it was just like a a video essay on. Um, it was talking about the heart of darkness and apocalypse now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and talking about when we. And I don't know if you're familiar. You're familiar with apocalypse now, right? Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. Okay, yeah. all right. So we talk about you know what the evil that lives with inside of us that if we are if we are free of the social constraints of society and the morality of good and evil that you know it can do whatever and and right. um i think that is it lieutenant kurtz is that the is that marlon brando's character that's brando's character yeah you know i think that it's important to i mean and that that character there's a lot of justification there's a lot of um you know even though he says if you take a picture of me i'll cut your head off and all these yeah. things like he has all this justification because the rest of the world is is dark and evil as well you know whether or not right. they say they're good so um reminding myself of those evil things keeps me that i'm capable of i think keeps me grounded in the things that i have already done i don't have to live right. in the past and i don't have to i don't no. have to define mm-hmm. myself by those things but reminding me keeps me from going so far deep into the jungle that i can never come out again you know? yeah but it's your lesson. You learn that lesson. It's like negative reinforcement in a way to learn a lesson. You know, mm-hmm. I think I've said it before. It's like touching a hot stove when you're little and you're like, fuck, that was stupid. I'm never <laughs> going to do that again. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But alcoholics just, we just keep grabbing the stove for some reason. You know, mm-hmm. we're like, it won't burn this time. It won't burn and this then, time. It feels right, so good. Right. And then you get out of the cloud and you're like, wow, I really injured myself emotionally and physically. And I injured not only myself, but more importantly, the people around me emotionally and physically. And I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's that magical thing in your brain that fires off when you drink and then you just do it. You don't even think about it. At least I don't think about it. And so I have to think about it. 
<laughs> it's that circular logic, you know? It's super weird circular. It's not weird logic at all. It's just like you drink, I drink, I do mean shit. Don't forget the mean shit you do, Jerry, because the minute you forget the mean shit you do, You'll once again, to reiterate, I tell myself the lie, and then I just go through with the lie, you know? I, I know a few active alcoholics, and I just watch them walk in a circle every night, you know, or every day. They just walk that same exact fucking path with no... There's no benefit to them other than just to give themselves that little hit of fucking dopamine. Do you know what I'm saying? And like that shit is makes me sad, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it makes my heart hurt for them. Like I want to, you know, but it's not my job to tell them. But I want to sit down and be like, it could be better, man. All you got to do is come to my crazy cult. <laughs> All you got to do is give me $150. And it could be I just so much need $150,000. And yeah, no. Right. Maybe- then I get in my car and I'm like, yeah, the meeting's up here in the woods. <laughs> and I just. No, just keep going. Yeah, it's through that alley there. No, no, I, I'll wait here. You gotta go like, alone. Like Jimmy and, and Karen and Goodfellas. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, uh, there's the nice coats. Some new coats down there. No, yes. just keep going. You take a left. No, keep going. Nice coats, mink coats. You know the truth is, man. You can, you can, you can join your own cult. You can make your own cults. You can uh, absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to. It's it's such a um, it's such a personal thing, and. You know, when I was talking to my friend Ryan this weekend and we were because I I get excited if one of my friends says, hey, I'm trying to get sober or I want to get sober or I'm curious about how you do it. Not even like Mm -hmm. I want to, but like, what's up with you? And then I think immediately in my brain, this is just my little I get my narrow view or my selfish, you know, thoughts like, oh, this is my chance to help them and I can be good and I will show them the way. And then (laughs) I start talking and they're like. I said, so how did it feel like quitting? And, you know, it's like, you know, it was it was it was kind of easy once I decided right. to do it. And I was like, and part of me is like, man, you're not like me. Fuck that. Like, but right. we sit there and we're talking and it's like it's different for every single person. And they have it people, is every single yeah. person has their own challenges, their own reasons, their own. Yeah. Their own abilities, their own um, hurdles to overcome. Like just because. It was easy for him to quit drinking and maybe he's Mm -hmm. got other things going on and maybe he had things that that what am I trying to say that made that decision a lot easier things that came up Um, it doesn't make him any less of an alcoholic or any less of an addict because one part of recovery was easier than the other I shouldn't be jealous I should be fucking <laughs> elated and happy and like right. and I was mm-hmm. and I told him that and I said man that's awesome I'm so glad I didn't have it as easy um so what you know and I we talked about you know what do you want to do next and what do you what are your plans and good for mm-hmm. you and, and I hope that we can talk again and that was one of the things he said he's like man I just want to open you know like sort of rekindle our friendship or be you know be more discuss more about it so yeah yeah, that was a really cool thing that that it's easy it's easy for me to realize or to think that everybody's like me, and then to find out that even my right. close friends are mm-hmm. like, "Nah, man, I don't know. You do you. I just wanted to ask you some questions." And right. So, it's I don't know. It's right. cool. So I mean, whatever cult you well, you and feel we're worse. all you already know this. We're all on a spectrum. We all have one thing in common. You know, those of us who sat down and went, "Wow, my drinking is unmanageable," and I have an obsession, like an emotional obsession, mm-hmm. physical. I have a physical dependence and emotional obsession because once the physical dependence is gone, I'm still sitting here thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have that in common. But other than that, we are we're all on a spectrum. 
you know, some people put it down and never come back to it. They just put it right down, never have to go to a meeting, never need any type of support group. They're completely fine. They learn things about them and grow emotionally. And more power to them. I would love to know their secret. Like, <laughs> please, self-addressed, stamped envelope, yes. greencamelpress.com, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I mean, we're all different. Yeah. And it's totally human to be like, oh, motherfucker. Like, oh, it was easy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because I have felt that way, too, you know. I have. And the deepest part of me, someone will come up and be like, man, I didn't even use a program. I just stopped drinking. I'm like, oh, you ain't no real fucking alcoholic. Right. You no fucking. That's not what? helpful. What? Yeah, you sweat. You sweat your ass off, huh? You see some shit. You cry. You just cry. You see anything and cry. No? You just had a weekend drinking problem. Get out of here. But that's the horrible part of my brain. I'm not the sobriety police. I'm definitely not the alcohol police. I tried to be the alcohol police. I kept losing the alcohol, you know? <laughs> right? Right, yeah. Your arrest record, your arrest rate was terrible. It was awful. Yeah, exactly. I was like, this is all my booze. And then I get drunk and you guys just take it. Or mm-hmm. I would just take yours. But yeah, it's but it's hard not to go there. That's also that resentment shit. You know, mm-hmm. those are those little tiny poison. Even if it's just a little tiny sting, you know, like I still look at people who drink who maybe may not be alcoholics, but definitely party. And I feel envy sometimes mm-hmm. like, yeah, and I, I have resentments all the time. People say wild shit to me without thinking about it. You know, hey, I, I spent my birthday sober like you. I'm like, congratulations. And they're like, yeah, I had the flu. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about yeah. to me? Like, you weren't sober. You had the fucking flu, you dingbat. Like, <laughs> and like, oh, yeah, really? You had the flu. And so you didn't drink on your birthday. Like, what do you want from me? A cake or something like uh, like commiserate with you? Like, yeah, it's pretty tough, huh? <laughs> anyway, there's one of my resentments, man. I better mm-hmm. get my pen. Bing, Speaking bing. of birthdays. Uh, uh, uh. Aren't you? Are you? Put, aren't you having a birthday coming up here soon? Yeah, August 9th. So how many days? Is that like ten days? Eleven days away or something? Something like that. Forty-four, dude. What are you gonna do? It's, that's the Eminem birthday, dude. Why? Why do you say that? Is it M? Because all of his raps are like that, dude. Forty-four, four-four on the floorboards of my four-door Ford, coming down the corridor, hardcore porn. I'm not the kind of guy like who a- covers cock in a locker room. Yes, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the Eminem rap, 44. 44! 44 four-door corridor. Yeah. Down in Mordor. Mm-hmm. Man- mannequins, Bennigans. Speaking of raps. Well, yeah, so I'll be 44. So what do you have to write you a birthday rap? No. I'm going to write a birthday rap, and then I'll do it next podcast. <laughs> be careful what you uh, say on- online. I ain't writing no birthday rap. Uh, uh, my rapping days are behind me. If you guys think I'm joking, but I had like a whole thing there. But anyway, um, what were you going to ask me? So when I talked to Joe Valentino, when we did the uh, – did you listen – you didn't listen to that podcast. Yes, I did listen oh, okay. to it. Well, I listened to the what the snippet the you had put on one. Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like I listened to the whole thing. I oh, love okay. Joe. Well, I, I like Joe's opinions way more than Walter's, dude. I'm just saying. <laughs> I would love to get a podcast with Joe too. Um, yeah. No, he said – I asked him if Los Mestizos was ever going to come back. I know. I heard that. that. He's you. like – He's like, if Jerry like, writes some more rhymes, Joe, send me a beat, you know, I'll, I'll see what I can do, but it, I can't guarantee it'll be, I'm so critical of all that shit, man. I want to produce the next, the new, the, the second album. I know it's we'll like just, 20 years apart, but we'll just do two songs. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I can even write, I don't even know how to write a song. We'll see. Mm. I've been actually, it's funny you bring it up. That's serendipitous. I mean, I know this is a recovery podcast, but I have been thinking about writing songs lately. It's been coming up a lot writing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like this weird serendipitous 
bear in the universe kind of thing that pushes me in directions sometimes. Mm -hmm. This is my concept of that higher power where it's this gentle, coincidental nudge, you know? It's like right when I decided to quit, right around the time I decided to quit drinking and all these sober people kept coming into my life and getting tattoos from me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all that kind of thing where these gentle nudges, you know? But I guess that that'll be B for Bear. That'll be next year. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. yeah, we'll I, see. I would. I want to produce the the next album, the next EP. Yeah, we'll work it out, right? And then the <laughs> next podcast should be like Green Camel Press, or yeah, Green Camel Press presents Los Mestizos. <laughs> Brought to you two by white, A's for alcoholic. <laughs> a white two white Mexican Americans, third generation Mexican Americans. <laughs> oh man. I think it'd be awesome. Um, I really don't remember any of the old stuff, but I, I bet it was awesome. Anyway. I don't remember it at all. That's so funny. He says he has it because I don't remember any of that. No. I don't remember. I don't remember any of it at all. Re-release. But yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Remastered. Yeah. The Martinelli's <laughs> Chronicles. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I th- I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious. I would, I would want to post up. Uh, ask anybody who's listening to write in and, and hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. And I would be curious as to what other people have discovered. Like what are the yeah. big, yes. you know, cause I know we, we talk a lot and we don't, um, we don't necessarily ask, but I would love to hear what other people have discovered in their sobriety and their recovery. I love that back and forth, the engagement, you know, and it's yes. not like a ploy to get more people to listen or anything. Like I love the engagement portion of this because I learn things from people and I hear things and then you read me the emails and I'm like, I'll learn a little something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I learn from people all the time. I love it. I love input. It's Hit me huge... up on my Instagram too. Yes. Check out Jerry Wagner Jr. Um, yeah, at Jerry Wagner Jr. Mm-hmm. See pictures of my dog. Sometimes I take my shirt off. It's wild, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, one of the things too, here's another uh, discovery, but like you talk about the engagement and I have found that it's just, I take little bits and pieces from everybody that I meet and talk to. And I yes, go, wow, I never heard about that. And I'll be writing shit down and mm-hmm. putting thing in my phone or something like if it's notes and I'm like, oh man, I need to remember that. That's really good. And and then that becomes a part of my recovery. And then when somebody asks me some questions and I, I mean, ultimately I'm just regurgitating everything else I've learned, but that's, yeah. but I kind of put it into my own package that works for me. And so if anybody has tips, tricks, notes, please, yeah. any discoveries, we would love to hear from you as well. Absolutely. Um, please, what? please. We're desperate. We're desperate. <laughs> Yeah, man. I just, we need new content. We need new content, always, always. We can't just keep making letters up. At some point, it's just going to be John and I just talking about our day and our favorite movies, and then I'd be like, you still sober? And you'll be like, yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, me too. <laughs> how was that? How about that uh, How about that Infinity War 6? I haven't <laughs> seen that Infinity War 6. I'm like, how's Tennis Island in your running yacht club? <laughs> That'd be cool. Get your canvas shoes. Right? Come check it out. Boat shoes and running. Mm-hmm. Um, right, we're gonna we're gonna drink fucking salt water out of coconuts. Reverse osmosis, man. We'll have all the fresh water we need on the boat. It's gonna get fucking weird. I'm down. <laughs>